You are listening to WRFG Atlanta, 89.3 FM. Up next, Alternative Perspectives, Atlanta's only queer radio hour. Hold on tight. And thank you so much for listening to WRFG Atlanta 89.3 FM. Welcome to Alternative Perspectives. This is Atlanta's only local radio hour devoted exclusively to issues affecting Atlanta's queer community. I am your host, Greg Bosson, and thank you so much for listening. In my other life, I am a CPA, and so I've been quite busy uh, with tax season, but it is over. So now I am back in front of the microphone and happy to do it. Uh, The opinions expressed here are those of myself and my guests and do not necessarily represent the views of WRFG, its employees, board, volunteers, funders, or listeners. So um, tonight's show uh, is something that I I never really thought I'd be talking about, but uh, actually it has to do with Wikipedia. So Wikipedia is obviously one of the largest uh, platforms in the whole world uh, that people go to to get information. Uh, there are at current uh, currently there are over 6.3 million uh, articles in WikiLeak, and uh, there are an average of five 258 million uh, average page views a day. Uh, there's actually 53. million pages in Wikipedia altogether. Um, but what we're going to talk about is the, uh, well, really the lack of representation in Wikipedia of uh, biographies and stories and um, knowledge about people that are in uh, minorities, in particular the LGBTQ um, uh, area, and a program that's been around since 2010 that is helping to resolve that issue. Uh, through a nonprofit organization called WikiEDU. But we'll be talking about that uh, later uh, and how they are trying to get more. Uh, this program is seeking to get more content related to LGBTQ uh, issues in or and people, biographies and such into uh, Wikipedia. Uh, but before we do that, news of the queer. Uh, uh, I know that's right. Oh, no, she didn't say what. And the bottom line is uh, there is the midterms coming up. And uh, and then, of course, there will be another election in 2024. Of course, it seems like the country is always in an election cycle these days. Uh, and as a result of that, the Republicans are trying to gin up support uh for their uh to get their voters out to vote more republicans in in the midterms and they have decided that the best way to do that is by um focusing on social issues uh and as a result the lgbtq community is under attack it's been under attack for um well ever since biden got into office but uh The latest is Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida and state lawmakers have revoked. Uh, This has already been pushed through and he's already signed it as of last week. 
Uh, Governor Santos has revoked a 55-year-old arrangement that gave Disney a special tax status uh, and allowed it to essentially self-govern its 25,000-acre Disney World complex. Uh, Disney provided their, their, was in charge of providing their own police, their own fire protection. They dealt with their own roads. Uh, but that has been thrown out. Why has that occurred? Well, it's basically revenge. Uh, after uh, DeSantis uh, signed into law last month, uh, uh, as we like to call the Don't Say Gay Bill, uh, <clears throat> uh, Disney, who tried to stay out of the fray, uh, had to come out with a statement because the employees were upset uh, denouncing the legislation. And so Governor DeSantis has canceled them, I guess, uh, and uh paying no attention to the effects on the residents of Disney uh, and uh, the debt that uh, the state is going to have to take on and hadn't really thought out what it means to revoke this status. This is just kind of like getting back at Disney, which is kind of crazy. But, hey, DeSantis is running for president, basically, and so that's why that's happening as far as I'm concerned. It's really, really sad. Um, But anyway, uh, and speaking of which – to me, the problem with the bill uh, is, you know, the bill is essentially saying that you can't teach uh, anything about uh, sexual orientation or sexual identity to uh, kindergartners up to third grade. I mean, I don't think anybody is sitting around suggesting that we should do that. But my concern and our concern as a community is what the law is going to be used to stop. Um, and that would be taking my concern is that they'll use it as a reason to take all the books out of the libraries that maybe have two dads in them or something like that. Um, that's my concern, uh, that um, any hint of anything that might make a child feel okay to be gay, uh, because when you're young, if you're exposed to homosexuality and taught that there's nothing wrong with it, uh, that would be a good thing. Uh, for those of us that are queer. Now, I don't think it would be a bad thing for people that aren't queer. (laughs) I don't think it will turn them queer, and I don't think it will scare or confuse them. Uh, I think it's fine, but it certainly would help us. Uh, Some people might consider that radical, but uh, I don't. Uh, There's nothing more radical than showing uh, uh, showing, uh, a child a picture of two guys kissing than showing a child a picture of a guy and a girl kissing, which happens all the time, as in Sleeping Beauty, uh, Beauty and the Beast. You know, it's considered wholesome. So anyway, moving on. So uh, we are under attack, as I said. Uh, So this happened last week, Oklahoma. Uh, Today, Oklahoma passed Senate Bill 2, an anti-transgender bill that bans transgender girls and women from participating in sports at the elementary, secondary, or post-secondary level, consistent with their gender identity. Uh, These laws are happening all over the country. Uh, In Utah, the governor tried to veto the bill, but the Republican legislature overrode the veto. That happened... uh, three weeks ago. And the same thing happened in uh, Kentucky, uh, whereas Kentucky uh, overrode uh, the governor's uh, veto of a bill uh, that denies transgender students 
uh, the opportunity to play sports um, with <clears throat> with their colleagues, with their uh, their the other students that are of the same sex that they identify with. So uh, we are definitely under attack. Uh, I am concerned. So should you be. And uh, we need to stay tuned to see what happens. But uh, just kind of circling back, you know, I had a discussion with my brother the other day about this, well, via text. And the idea of uh, having children be exposed to homosexuality and being taught that there's actually nothing wrong with it, that sounds like a very radical idea. But I don't know that it is because they are exposed to heterosexual heterosexuality and taught just by virtue of seeing it uh, that uh, and in our media that there's nothing wrong with it. So I don't know why it wouldn't be okay to expose them uh, to homosexuality as well. Uh, I know that it sounds radical. It freaks people out. But um, is it? I mean, if we truly believe that there's nothing wrong with being gay, uh, if society believes that, then why would there be a problem showing um, a five-year-old or a seven-year-old uh, a picture of two guys kissing or two girls kissing when we seem to be having no problem showing them a picture of guys and girls kissing? So uh, food for thought. And uh, with that, uh, we will be right back. You are listening to WRFG Atlanta. WRFG provides a voice for those who have been traditionally denied access to broadcast media through a broad base of community elements to guarantee that access. In the utilization of the facilities and in its programs, the following communities will receive first priority. Those who continue to be denied free and open access to broadcast media and those who suffer oppression or exploitation based upon class, race, sex, age, creed, sexual orientation, disability, or immigrant status. To learn how you can support WRFG's mission, please go to WRFG.org. All right. For those of you that that have been around forever, uh, like I have been around forever, uh, that is Jam On It by uh, Nucleus. Uh, and I'm playing it on purpose because if you notice, there's a little part that says wiki, 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 wiki. And I thought that would be cute uh, because I have a lame sense of humor. But we are going to be talking about... Um, some stuff that relates to Wikipedia today. Uh, welcome back. You are listening to WRFG Atlanta 89.3 FM. Uh, this is Alternative Perspectives, Atlanta's only local radio hour devoted exclusively to issues affecting Atlanta's queer community. Of course, you can uh, listen to us around the globe. We are streaming at WRFG.org. I'm your host, uh, Greg Boston. So as I talked about 
at the beginning of the show, uh, Wikipedia is a behemoth uh, when it comes to getting information. Uh, I did a little bit of research to uh, look this up because there's not been a lot of good information about the LGBTQ community. Uh, and we have, or there, there's been some, but we, we have a couple of guests here that are trying to improve that. But bef- before we introduce them, there are, um, let's see, uh, at this point, there's over 6.3 million articles on um, uh, WikiLeaks. And uh, uh, Wikipedia pages have been edited a total of 1.016 billion times since Wikipedia was established. Now, that was as of a year ago. Uh, there are an average daily page views as of a year ago were 258 million. Uh, and 86.64 of Wikipedia's traffic source comes from organic web searches. So uh, Wikipedia is also blocked in um, many countries over the year. It's still being blocked in China and uh, I think 14 other countries. Uh, one of our guests, our guests may, uh, may correct me on that. But so <clears throat> the thing that I wanted to discuss in particular is LGBTQ content on Wikipedia. And with us uh, tonight to help discuss that are two individuals. Uh, One of them, uh, her name is Leanna Davis, and she is the Chief Programs Officer and Deputy Director for WikiEDU. Now, that is a separate entity from Wikipedia, but WikiEDU is a small nonprofit um, that is seeking to build connections between universities and Wikipedia Uh, and other Wikipedia projects in the U.S. and Canada. And one of their programs, remember this is a nonprofit um, at at WikiEDU, is called Wikipedia Education Program. And this is, I think, their most established program. And basically what the program does is it connects university instructors, and sorry, university instructors um, to... Uh, the organization and allows the university instructors to basically assign students to add or correct content uh, in Wikipedia. And uh, so her name is Leanna Davis. Thank you, Leanna, for joining. Did I get that right? You did. Thanks, Greg. Okay. Did I get all of that right? Are you guys still well, you don't really speak for Wikipedia proper, I guess, but I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I am one of um, thousands of volunteer contributors to Wikipedia, so I can speak for Wikipedia as a volunteer, um, as as can many other folks. But I don't speak for um, the organization, the Wikimedia Foundation, which is the nonprofit that runs Wikipedia. Uh, so, um, and I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to as well, Alma. Alma is a, uh, her name is Alma Lopez, and Alma is one of the instructors uh, that is currently teaching a course at UCLA, um, and she's utilizing this program and having uh, her, uh, her students uh, add content to Wikipedia. And I'll introduce you more uh, later, Alma, Alma, but say hello to everybody. Hi, everyone. Hi, Greg. Hi, Iana. Great to join you guys this morning. Or afternoon. Yeah, afternoon. Well, wherever you are, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's actually evening when uh, at this point. But um, 
time is relative, isn't it? Uh, and Alma is actually uh, an artist as well, but we'll talk about that. I, I looked at some of your art. It's pretty cool, actually. But all right. So um, I want to start uh, with you, Liana, to just kind of lay the groundwork for people that do not understand how Wikipedia gets the content that we see when we are Googling, we go online and we're at the Wikipedia site. Who is writing that? It's not God, I guess, correct? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's, a, that's a great question, and it's a, a, a great place to start to explain the, the wonders of Wikipedia to, um, to audiences that may not be super familiar with it. So all of the content that you read on Wikipedia is written by individual volunteers all over the world. Um, there's no... No one's getting paid to write content on Wikipedia. It's all somebody is interested in sharing what they've learned or what they know about something that can be cited back to a reliable source. And they're interested in adding that information to Wikipedia for the betterment of all humanity. It's one of sort of the, the idealistic goals of the Internet when it was created is this idea of sharing information worldwide and educating the public. And um, Wikipedia is, I think, you know, today one of the, the, the major websites that exist out there that is actually living up to that, um, those ideals of the early internet. Um, so all of the content is added by volunteer contributors who are interested in writing an article, in improving a particular section. Um, some people are just interested in copy editing or adding pictures to articles or lots of different smaller tasks um, along the way. But all of that content is generated through this core community of editors and um, we're, we call ourselves Wikipedians um, on, on Wikipedia, and we all uh, contribute to making the information that you're reading on a daily basis available. Okay, all right. So, and how many of you did you say there are? Um, I think the um, the current total is somewhere around um, eighty or ninety thousand. I'd have to look up the exact number, but there's around eighty or ninety thousand active volunteers all over the world. Um, and um, you and I might be most familiar with the English Wikipedia, but uh, Wikipedia is also available in, I think, around 300 languages um, worldwide as well. And content is uh, nearly exclusively created originally in different languages, cited to sources, um, uh, it, written in those languages as well. Now, I, I know I'm getting in the weeds, and we, we haven't gotten to the LGBTQ part yet, but I'm just... This is just a curiosity to me. Of course. So I looked, and um, who is publishing most of those uh, articles by country, or who are those people by country? Uh, most of them are, are at least by language. Most of them are published in English, number one. But number two, it looks like I, – I don't know how to say this, but it's, it's, it's a language in the south – in southern Philippines? Uh, yeah. Cerebrano or what? what yeah, so so a lot of different. Um, I can't speak specifically to um, to, to different uh, language communities, but a lot of language communities um, will sometimes use um, use what's called bots um, to to generate content by creating just what's known as a stub article on Wikipedia, which is just a short description of what something is, um, and those are fairly easy for. 
um, a computer to go in and just create those kinds of articles. Um, actually, a lot of the content on English Wikipedia is also monitored by bots. And so you'll see um, if you've ever edited Wikipedia, some a bot might come through afterwards. And if you put your quotation or your period on the wrong side of each other for the style guide, for example, the bot will come through and fix it for you. Or um, if a link gets outdated, the bot there's a bot that will come through to a source that you've used, a bot will come through and move it to the Internet Archive version of, um, of that, wow. uh, that source. So there's a lot of content that um, is even edited on the existing English Wikipedia by, um, by bots as well. So um, this is a very common sort of thing within our community. And, um, it's, but it's, why the Southern Philippines is what I didn't know. And maybe I, you don't. I, I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. I have to look into that particular uh, language version. That's that's not one of my areas. But I know there's a very active community in the Philippines of, uh, of, okay. uh, of contributors who are doing a lot of great stuff, including a very similar program to the education mm -hmm. program that Wiki Education is running here in the United States and Canada, where we're supporting university faculty who are assigning their students to edit Wikipedia as part of the coursework. And 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 so the. Um, these volunteers, um, I, I looked at a statistic that said 86%, this was last year, 2021, of Wikipedia's traffic source, uh, no, not, that's not the one I was looking at, hold on, um, it was a, uh, the, uh, well, now I can't find it. It's, it was that the, the, most of the people that were submitting are men, not women. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted so if you only... could speak to that a little bit. Yeah, so Wikipedia, because it sort of emerged um, in the early days of the internet, the community of contributors who overwhelmingly joined were the sort of younger tech savvy people who had access to the internet in you know the early to mid 2000s and um, for better or worse, the outcome of that has been that the community of editors on the English Wikipedia um, specifically the the United States states based community are overwhelmingly uh, white males um, and you know it the the challenges of that is that the demographics of the contributor base can often then reflect the demographics of the content that gets added to Wikipedia and so what ends up happening when you have a relatively homogeneous group of folks who are editing Wikipedia is the content that gets covered gets covered with that relatively homogeneous slant as well and so what you end up finding is that there's significant content gaps that emerge out of that so biographies of women biographies of people of color, biographies of LGBTQ people, you know, oftentimes don't get covered in the same ways on Wikipedia as um, as the biographies of, uh, of, of, you know, straight white men. And one of the reasons that Wiki Education exists as an organization is to empower college and university students who are studying in these content areas to help address those equity gaps that emerge because of that demographic issue, uh, disparities on the English Wikipedia. And so we work with faculty like Alma to empower their students to contribute content that helps address those gaps, um, whether that's biographies of women in science, whether that's biographies of queer artists, whether that's biographies of, um, you know, any other kinds of um, underrepresented or historically marginalized people or perspectives that are missing on Wikipedia. How long has, has this, uh, has, uh, this, I guess, project of trying to fill in these gaps 
uh, been going on? Yeah, we started the program back in 2010. So it's been about 12 years now that we've been working on this project. And it's grown from a small uh, group of we piloted it with just a handful of classes back in the fall 2010 term. And it's grown today and we support about um, 350 or so classes each term um, in the, the fall term and the spring term as their students are contributing content. And one of the incredible parts of the work that we're able to do is we're able to really um, delve in and tackle those content gaps that exist on Wikipedia. So, you know, whether that's in sort of scientific content area or literature content area or the equity content area gaps that we had talked about, um, those are those are ways that we can then connect and collaborate with faculty who are teaching in those content areas at American and Canadian universities and give them the tools to contribute to Wikipedia. One of the important roles that Wiki Education plays in this is teaching the students exactly how to contribute. So I mentioned earlier that there's this extensive community of volunteer contributors who add all the content. But one of the challenges of making sure that the content is as reliable as it can be is that Wikipedians have created this labyrinth series of rules and guidelines that um, <laughs> establish what you can and can't add to Wikipedia. And um, I, as a just sort of side note on this, there's been a lot of conversation, you know, in the sort of zeitgeist more recently about disinformation and misinformation and, you know, how do you counter that on, you know, social media and things like that. And for those of us who've been involved with Wikipedia for a long time, like this is not news, right? There's been misinformation and disinformation has been something Wikipedia has been dealing with since we started, right? And, you know, we wouldn't be where we were today if we hadn't figured out how to um, to keep the bulk of that misinformation and disinformation out. And that, you know, how we have chosen to do that is by creating these Byzantine uh, groups of rules and guidelines that make sure that content gets added is cited to a reliable source. Um, that's Wikipedia's policy by that name is called the reliable source policy. And the basic idea of that is information needs to be cited to a source that has that is independent of the subject, so not, you know, your own website. It needs to be a reputable publisher, so not some random person's blog, but, you know, published in, you know, some kind of publication that has a fact-checking process or an editorial board or some sort of standards. Um, and that enables information then to be added that can be cited to those, um, those kinds of sources and enables us to sort of fight that disinformation, misinformation, and keep Wikipedia as reliable as a of source of information as it is today that so many people rely on on a daily basis. Is now, somebody so, checking over that? Like, so, you go so, through... Yeah, so, so the idea is that anyone can check it, right? Because, you know, as you're scrolling through Wikipedia, I'm sure you've seen the little footnotes that appear, the, like little numbers that appear after, you know, most sentences on Wikipedia. Those are citations down to, um, to a source at the end of the article. And the idea is that anyone can go and click through to that, uh, that particular source of information and verify that that information is correct. And so that sort of community crowdsourced um, 
approach to that has kept Wikipedia as reliable as it is today. The flip side of that is it's very challenging for newcomers to participate in, and it reinforces a lot of the historical marginalization that has happened because what Wikipedia deems as a reliable source is often, you know, sort of from traditional publications and, you know, traditional publishing and, you know, academics and things like that. And so, you know, how do we make sure that we are empowering knowledge to be coming not just through kind of the traditional publications um, that would cover, um, you know, more the white males we were talking about earlier, right? Like, how do we enable the participation from diverse communities in a way that enables them to then add their knowledge and content to Wikipedia? And that's where wiki education comes in. So um, all of us, we're a, a small nonprofit organization. Most of us uh, contribute to Wikipedia as volunteers, um, as well as doing the work that we do on a daily basis. And so we're very well uh, versed in Wikipedia. Wikipedia's rules and guidelines, and we know how to sort of navigate them and how to empower students to be able to contribute content. So we have a, um, a very established um, course management system tool we call our dashboard. Um, that's a software tool that offers um, training modules to students along the way that explains uh, Wikipedia's rules and um, a series of sort of monitoring uh, systems that we're able to then, you know, intervene if a student runs into uh, to problems as well. All right. Okay. Well, that sounds, um, that's, I, I get why there is a lot that goes into making sure, you know, that you've got your T's crossed, your I's dotted before you put something on Wikipedia. Um, but at the, the thought that goes through my mind is, oh my gosh, that's a lot of work. And so I'm thinking to myself, who better to get to do that work than students as part of a course who are in the, you know, they're in the, the world of learning and researching and writing. It's, it's perfect. What a great idea, to be honest with you. But absolutely, and, yeah. So Alma, we're going to bring you in in a second. But before we do that, um, uh, we will be right back. We're speaking with uh, Leanna Davis, and we're about to speak with Alma Lopez uh, about uh, WikiEDU's uh, program. Uh, their education program uh, where we are getting students to add to Wikipedia. And uh, we will be right back. Greetings, WRFG family and friends. On behalf of the board, staff, and volunteers, we want to send our appreciation for your support during our recent on-air fund drive. We are most grateful for those who donate faithfully to ensure that we stay on the air, providing you progressive news, information, and quality hand-picked music. We want to remind those who pledge to please fulfill your promise as soon as possible. You can simply mail your donations to 1083 Austin Avenue Northeast, Atlanta 30307. You can also utilize our secure online donation portal at WRFG.org. Again, we cannot thank you enough for the generous, loving support of your independent community radio station, 89.3 FM and WRFG.org. We exist, resist, and persist because of you.
All right. And welcome back to WRFG uh, Atlanta 89.3 FM. Uh, the um, This is Alternative Perspectives. This is the only uh, radio, one-hour radio show in Atlanta devoted exclusively to LGBTQ issues. We couldn't exist without the donors. Uh, and so I wanted to reach out and uh, thank each and every one of you that recently donated uh, for our spring fund drive. And if you have pledged, but not given a donate, uh, not given your donation yet, or if you feel moved uh, right now, go to WRFG.org and make a donation. Uh, it's the only way that we can keep programs like this on the air. So uh, I am Greg Boston, your host, and uh, we are speaking about uh, Wiki EDU and specifically their education program where they connect university instructors uh, with um, the ability to have their students add uh, course related articles to Wikipedia. And so um, I wanted to reintroduce uh, Alma Lopez. Um, Alma is a, um, and this is from your site, uh, a Mexican born queer Chicana artist, which I noticed that was first. And an instructor and lecturer second at UCLA. Uh, she is currently teaching a course in queer arts uh, that is utilize, utilizing the Wikipedia education program. Hey, Elma, thank you so much for joining. Oh, thank you very much. So my first question is, did you reach out to uh, WikiEDU or did they reach out to you? How did that happen? How did you uh, come upon this program? Upon the, the WikiEDU? Yeah, um, I actually uh, have, you know, used Wiki, like all of us, right, when we're researching for practically anything, you know, and, uh, and so I had used it before, but had never used it as a tool. And um, when the pandemic happened, and the shutdown happened, I had to change my courses a little bit. Um, I am like, I think like you um, kind of rightly pointed out, I am an artist first. I'm a visual artist. And I feel so fortunate that I get to um, teach. And the classes that I teach at UCLA in both the Chicanx and Central American Studies and LGBTQ Studies uh, departments, all are art-related in some way. And so I've always tried to incorporate some kind of art making in the courses. Sometimes it's been in the form of murals, sometimes in the form of sketchbooks. And the reason for that is that I really want the students to really understand um, what they're studying, right? So we're studying something to do with the arts and, um, and so I'm an and artist and what they do. And so I want them to understand how the artists work, what their materials are, you know, all kinds of considerations. Um, but when the pandemic happened, it became very challenging to teach something, you know, like painting or drawing um, on Zoom. I mean, it's not impossible, but it just became a little bit more of a challenge. And so I started looking around for other possible ways of working. And fortunately for me, I participated in a wiki edit a thon that was organized by the Smithsonian. Um, and I was, uh, the reason I, I even participated in that is that I was invited 
um, by the Smithsonian uh, because of this exhibition, Printing the Revolution, The Rise and Impact of Chicanex Graphics from 65 to Now. And uh, I, you know, I have a, a print that is uh, part of this uh, still traveling exhibition organized by the Smithsonian. And so what their programming department did was, um, you know, they organized this um, edathon where, uh, you know, artists and people involved in the exhibition um, were able to log in, uh, get uh, an account and, you know, start um, looking at other uh, artists and um, basically editing or uh, contributing, making new contributions, new articles. And so it was a really cool experience that happened. And, um, and so then I thought, well, I can totally use this in my classes. And um, I teach, the first time I used it was in um, Chicanex, uh, you know, uh, Chicana, really Chicana visual art, you know, course. And, uh, and it, it kind of worked. And then the second time I uh, used it for this queer arts um, course, and it really, you know, I think I, I had a better grasp of it, and it really, students really actually, uh, I had really good comments and feedback. From tell, me a, tell me a little bit about the course itself that you're, now, have you taught this queer arts course before? I know it's coming in the fall again, but have you taught this course before in particular? Oh, yeah, I've taught this course for a couple of years. I designed okay. it myself because, you know, most of these, most of the courses that I teach, I, I design myself. And, um, and so this course is really uh, an introduction to, uh, to queer artists, uh, primarily focusing um, uh, artists in Los Angeles, but it's much broader than that. And uh, we look um, at Los Angeles history and we look at um, artists uh, who, you know, who are doing work that, you know, has something that, you know, they're queer artists, artists who identify as queer and who, uh, who are doing work. And some of them have been doing work for, you know, decades and, uh, and some of them are much younger artists. Um, the way that I integrate the Wikipedia project into the course is um, this last time, which I think was really successful, is that we had what uh, what I would call Wiki Wednesdays. So, on, nice. yeah, the class met Monday and Wednesdays. And so then on Wiki Wednesdays, we would specifically go through the modules, uh, some of the modules together. Some of them, they were assigned to go on, on their own. Um, we, uh, on Wiki Wednesdays, we, we, uh, you know, we went over their blog posts where they selected their own artists. So I had them select um, their own artists. I set up on our blog, we have a blog where um, I have over 100 artists listed. Some of them have uh, Wikipedia, some of them don't. Um, but I, I encourage them to look at that list if they have no idea of an artist. But I also encourage them to uh, look around, you know, their own um you know, their own communities and, uh, and introduce artists to us, you know, new artists to us. And so uh, many of them choose that option. And, um, and then they work really hard throughout the quarter. I mean, the, the emphasis is 
on research, right? Yeah. That's the most important thing. And it's, it's important because, I mean, they are uh, doing undergraduate work at a research one inst- institution, right, which is UCLA. And so the, the, the really the focus is on research. So really meeting with the librarian online, or, you know, for because of the pandemic that we were on, now it's, things are better. Um, and so the, the whole purpose is research. So going to the library or researching in the library and, you know, and I, I let them know how really fortunate we are, you know, that we have access not only to, you know, the massive contents in libraries and university libraries, but also to university librarians. There's all kinds of wealth of knowledge in those uh, spaces. And that with that, you know, we can use that um, to then... Uh, you know, to to try to find some information on some of these artists. Some of it has been very challenging uh, finding some information on some artists because just like there's a that content gap in uh, Wikipedia, there is a content gap in the world. You know, of of work um, of stuff that is just not published on uh, artists of color and queer artists and women artists. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, that sounds um, so. Basically, they're picking they're picking an artist, and I mean, you could conceivably go talk to the artist and see their art if it's in and around LA. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that is, I, I, I think that's really, I think that's really cool. So, I assume maybe you've discovered some artists that you didn't know before based on this. Then they've actually introduced me to so many different artists. Yeah. That- it, there, it's just amazing. And you're right. I mean, they could conceivably uh, basically go out and in their own communities, you know, in and around Los Angeles and uh, find an artist. And so we did have a student who uh, grew up in San Diego and, um, you know, uh, basically selected an artist whose work he had seen. Uh, but once he started doing research, he was like, oh, I didn't even know he was, you know, queer artist. And so definitely was really excited about um, doing that. And later, um, you know, met him uh, at an exhibition, you know, because, you know, because they had um, been in contact via uh, email, I think, or, or social media. Many of the students also find uh, artists uh, in social media because they're, you know, so, so much into that. And or, uh, you know, television programs. I mean, students are really resourceful and really have all kinds of a wide range of interests in um, the kinds of, you know, uh, arts that they, um, that they, they experience. And so, yeah, so it's that's, really interesting. That's really cool. So, uh, Leanna, I'll throw this out back to you. What, what, what is it that you're hoping to gain from something like this i mean from this project and and also did did you set out to was there somebody that decided we're going to focus on the lgbtq community because there's a lack of information there is that something you guys decided as a team yeah i mean i think we ha- we have a number of different focus areas and the lgbt community is certainly one of them right i mean we we sort of look through wikipedia from our own experiences and identify sort of where are there obvious content gaps and mm-hmm. um you know i think 
you know, more broadly, any in, in the biography space, any historically marginalized community has significant content gaps on Wikipedia. And so um, we've run um, actually a course through one of our other programs specifically targeting um, biographies of, of LGBTQ people. And, you know, this is something that we've had a lot of, um, of interest in more broadly um, from Alma and other people in our program to work on improving the number of biographies um, on Wikipedia, either by adding new biographies or by expanding the existing biographies um, that are there. And I think this sort of, you know, what do we get out of it or why are we trying to do that? I think there's sort of two different angles of this, right? And from Wikipedia's perspective, having uh, better quality, you know, more representation, you know, those kinds of things on Wikipedia is obviously super important and is kind of the reason why we're doing what we're doing. But I think the the flip side, and, you know, Alma, I'm sure can speak a little bit more to this, but is the student learning aspect of things too, right? And, you know, I think Alma's anecdote of, you know, talking to librarians is something we hear over and over again from the instructors we work with, that, you know, many of them tell us that, you know, ironically enough, it's writing for Wikipedia is the first time that students set foot in the library, right, that it forces them to go beyond the first page of the Google search results for a topic, right, and actually find all of the information that's ever been published about this particular topic. And, you know, when you're writing something about something that isn't on Wikipedia, you can't just use Wikipedia, right? And so, you know, this kind of assignment really forces students to get out of their, you know, over-reliance on the first page of a search result and, you know, delve into books and journal articles and, you know, where can we get information? And, you know, how can we consult with librarians and how can we find information and that sort of source evaluation and research skills are those critical pieces that are missing from the sort of information um, landscape today and sort of giving students those key digital media literacy skills can help them kind of fight that disinformation and misinformation that's such a, um, a challenge today. So um, Alma, I'll let you also chime in here if there's other sort of learning objectives or um, anything you want to add to that. Yeah, I, well, Alma, I was curious to see, like, are these, are these art students that are taking this course or are mm -hmm. these students that are, it's just a topic because you could, you could be, you know, it's kind of like current art history almost is what it is. You know, yeah, uh, no, no. yeah, no, these students are from all over campus. Uh, many of them are uh, LGBTQ minors. Um, many of them are not. And so, you know, they're all from STEM, from, you know, different sciences, from, you know, uh, geography, literature, African-American studies. I mean, they're just from everywhere. And um and for many of them, this is the very first time they've taken any art-related course, right? Because they've, they've been very set on their, their um, you know, major. Kind of their, their, their major. Their major. And yeah. so they, uh, this is the first time. And the way that they're entering into looking at art, it's either they were already interested in art or they're really much more interested in the, in queer, you know, the queer topic. And so then that that's how they find, you know, the course. And, um, and so I just wanted, I don't know if you'd mind if I just share my screen, that way you can see some of these things that are, that we're talking about and we can talk. Well, I, the problem is we're on the radio. So unfortunately the listeners can't see it. I'd like, I'd like to see it, but, um, 
And, and let me ask you, let me ask you too, you know, um, I think Tom of Finland, you know, it's erotic art. Um, they're in LA. Uh, I wonder, I mean, is that out of bounds erotic art in your, in your class? There's nothing out of bounds in my class. Uh, right. In my, my class, you know, cause these are all young adults, right? Yeah. And yeah. So, uh, and so, the 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 project is the research it's really a research project so the research project um is uh you know typically they have you know in other courses like a 10 page paper at the end of the quarter or some kind of other final uh for this one the research project is to research any artist that they uh select and so you know i i really like for students to have that freedom because they usually are much more excited when it comes from them. Like, Oh, I found this artist or I can't select between this artist or that artist, you know? And, um, and so then they, you know, they start researching and it does become challenging when um, they're not able to find, you know, all the kind of like the peer reviewed published uh, works, you know, and I just have them really kind of just keep digging and keep searching and, uh, and some of them, you know, they just aren't able to find. And I just tell them, you know, if it doesn't work out for this time around, you know, basically adopt that artist and keep tabs of that artist and, you know, come back at some point when you are able to, because now you have all the skills to be a Wikipedia contributor as well as a Wikipedia editor, right? And so um, one of the things that students, most of them, tell me when they're, um, you know, in the very beginning of class and working on this project is that most of their professors tell them you cannot trust Wikipedia. You know, that is not a trusted uh, resource, you know, and, um, and I tell them, well, you know, we should always be, um, you know, kind of uh, have a very healthy uh, skepticism Skepticism. about everything, you know? And so, but, but, you know, um, but what they find out throughout, you know, the course is that uh, because, you know, the amount of research that they do, the uh, bibliographical kinds of notes that they have to write and all of that stuff, they say, you know what, this is really, uh, some of this stuff is reliable, you know, and I, I show them how to look at the sources. So for every Wikipedia article, uh, if you look at the very bottom, there's usually, I think it's called references, right, Liana? Yes. And so the, the references are basically, that's the bibliography. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, a bibliography at the end of a published article or uh, of a book, you know? And so then I I, uh, I have the students, uh, when we're first learning about Wikipedia and uh, all the articles, I have them look at those and then follow some of those and research some of those and that way they themselves um you know know you know that it's actually pretty legit and reliable uh sources you know and uh and so then we go over and over on how to write about it because there is wikipedia has this thing where you write in a neutral tone which is basically you know not too excited like oh this is the most awesomest artist you know or not like, oh, I don't know about that. You know, it's, it's not opinions. It's really an encyclopedia. And so then that becomes challenging. Uh, I have students do uh, breakout rooms where 
they help edit each other's uh, work and they look at uh, basically the requirements of Wikipedia, such as, you know, the reliable um, sources and also the way that uh, the articles are written, you know, um, so that way it really, they really learn, you know, from, from yeah. each other. Yeah. And well, that- they have great comments that they really love uh, reading, you know. Um, it hooks. Yeah, I um uh we only have a couple of more minutes left, but um I wondered, uh, Leanna, do you have any way of like quantifying the benefit here? Like, you know, maybe an increase in the number of LGBTQ con, you know, the amount of content on the site. I mean, do you have a way of measuring that at all? Or yeah, I don't have the exact number of biographies off the top of my head, but um, Alma, you might for your class in particular. Um, it was in the, it was something like, uh, we actually had, um, let me see the articles. Yeah. Cause we, uh, in, uh, the, our teaching, uh, dashboard, uh, for Wikipedia, we get all kinds of stats and information, which is pretty mind blowing. Uh, kind of like those numbers you were reading, Greg, in terms uh-huh. of how many views, how many edits we get those, but specific to the class. Gotcha. So this, this class, um, we had uh, 22 students, and then we had 21 edited articles, and um, and I guess 17 brand new uh, articles, and mo- and those were really uh, biographies on, like I said, on some artists who have been doing work for decades. Like for instance, there was um, this really great. Uh, I mean, they were all great, but this one uh, on this. Um, queer artist named Kari Barba, who is an American uh, tattoo artist uh, from originally from Minneapolis, and who is really known and established in Long Beach for her uh, Outer Limits uh, tattoo shop. It's like an incredibly important uh, tattoo shop. And this person has been doing work for many decades, and we know with little or no recognition um, except, you know, locally in Long Beach. Uh, and now there is, you know, this Wikipedia article that a student, uh, you know, contributed to and wrote, actually, who, which now, you know, if anyone who's interested in, you know, knowing about a queer artist, you know, uh, in Long Beach, you know, they'll be able to find Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Alma, for uh, coming on and and, uh, talking with us. I do have have one more question for you, Leanna, which is just something that came up when you were talking about how people are, and you had mentioned it too, Alma, about having a healthy skepticism. Uh, You know, there's also unhealthy skepticism, which is kind of rampant in this day and age. And Leanna, when you were talking about how important it is to have um, trusted sources, reliable sources, traditional, you know, I don't know, New York Times, you know, something like that, you know, um, you know, or, or something that's been published in a journal or in a university setting, you know, that's supposed to have weight and credence and people say, oh, okay, it must be true. Well, that's been challenged, right? Um, uh, in the, in the years of Trump. Now, um, everything is challenged. There's no fact. You know, there's, there's no trusted sources. You know, um, Infowars is 
carries just much as much weight as you know the AP does. You know, it's it's so. I mean, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that, Leanne, and how how it might affect. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So I can speak um, briefly. I think, you know, Wikipedia editors as a collective make decisions about what's reliable and what's not um, on a, a, you know, on a larger basis. Right. Um, And so, you know, when you get into specific publications, there are certain publications um, that have been deemed sort of too partisan or not reliable um, from the perspective of Wikipedia. And then, you know, you can't cite things to those and have that be considered reliable. On the more meta level, though, I think the beauty of Wikipedia is that it's this crowdsourced information, right? And so you're not looking to just one person's perspective, you're looking to the whole planet's perspective, right? And, you know, we speak English here in the United States, but they speak English in lots of other countries as well. And one of the important things to keep in mind is the English Wikipedia isn't the United States Wikipedia, it's the world's Wikipedia, right? And so making sure that there's high quality information that has a global perspective is also an important part, right? So, you know, how can we make sure that Anybody who speaks English sort of all over the world or anyone who's using, you know, Google Translate or some other tool to get information from English into their own language, how can we make sure that that information is the most accurate and representative and as complete as it can be? And, you know, that's where sort of organizations like Wiki Education that are really working to um, to improve Wikipedia's accuracy and to add a lot of that high quality uh, content in those diverse content areas is um, is so important. Yeah, and we, what it reminds me of something that I noticed years ago, and then we'll end with this, but you know that show, Who Wants to Be a Billionaire? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but, but, so there's, and then you have the lifelines. Uh, they ask you a question, you can't one of the three lifelines was you could poll the audience. So it's kind of like a crowdsource. And they almost always get it right. Almost yeah. always. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's the that's the beauty of, you know, of, of the idea of Wikipedia, right? Is it's, you know, when you're evaluating sort of a source like that, right? It's a, it's not, you know, what does a small subset of people think, but it's what is, you know, the community of contributors who, you know, who who edit Wikipedia, right? Like we operate on a consensus model for decision making. And so, you know, what is the consensus that emerges from our community discussion of this particular topic? And and, you know, whatever that is, is what we then deem sort of this source is reliable or this source is not reliable. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you so much. I really do uh, appreciate both uh, you, uh, Alma and uh, Leanna, for coming on. Um, and where can people go to find out more information about the project? Yeah, you, um, instructors who are interested in teaching with Wikipedia like Alma does can visit our website at teach.wikiedu.org. So that's T-E-A-C-H W-I-K-I-E-D-U dot O-R-G. Um, and thank you very much, Greg, for, for having us as well. Well, I know, we, I know we've gotten to the weeds a little bit, but I like doing that. That's my <laughs> thing. All right. And that's going to do it for the show tonight. Thank you so much for listening to Alternative Perspectives. Uh, next up, we have Peach State Festival. Uh, until then, enjoy the wonderful weather out there. It is beautiful, and I can't wait to get out in it. Uh, and uh, we will talk to you later. And uh, go to Wikipedia and look up gay art. Talk to you later.